From Bristol, UK, I'm Pommy Harmer. And I'm Melissa Shamam, and this is The Quarantini. We're bringing you this podcast every week to keep your spirits up and until lockdown in the UK has ended. So, as with every week, today we'll bring you a mix of ingenious responses to the virus, creative ideas for the future, and maybe a small dash of the unexpected. Welcome back to the Quarantini. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Hello, Pommy. I'm quite good. Thank you very much. So let's move straight into the show. What have we got coming up? So today I'm really pleased to say that the interview will be with Josh Connelly. He's a coach and we're going to talk about uh, internal issues people have to deal with and had to deal with during those two months of lockdown and how he can help us managing all complicated emotions and not just try to just stay positive no matter what, but instead of that, like listen to ourselves and, and learn how to feel better. And the mixer part of the show, as usual, will include a roundup from Bristol, the UK and right across the globe. And for something a bit exciting today, obviously, we've got some music. Yes. Tell us about the music that you've chosen. Yes. Today, I wanted to play um, a special singer from Bristol, who's a friend of mine. She's called Lady Nade. Uh, she's a wonderful performer. I think a lot of people here will know of her. She's a friend of um, Dion Draper that we saw. Uh, we had in our podcast last week. She's also a friend of Seb Gutierrez of the Old Bone Collective. He used to be uh, his stage guitarist. And this song is called Safe Place. It's the name of her second album. It's obviously a message of hope. She's written about a year ago, a bit more. And that she's agreed to share it with us because obviously it's been a tough week on so many levels. And uh, it's great to have a very soulful voice like her uh, from Oi City. She's um, from North Bristol, where she lives in, in South Bristol at the moment. And um, yeah, I hope this will all make your heart grow fonder for her safe place. Lovely. I lose myself in the comfort
Step out of the dark and into the light and into my arms tonight. Out of the dark and into the light and into my arms tonight. Lady Nade of the album of the same name. So it's now time for our weekly roundup. But before that, let's just remind everyone how they can get hold of us. Yes, and please, if you have some tips and ideas and initiatives for the roundup, email us at thequarantinipodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Okay, so let's move into Bristol. What's first on our list, Melissa? So I think uh, last week... What really struck me was like, and maybe you have seen it, Pommy, the smile in the sky. Does it ring a bell? Oh, I got a text from someone saying, look up now, there's a smile in the sky. Only for some reason, I didn't have my phone in my hand and I missed it. Well, I was walking on the harbour side or along the harbour side when I could see something happening in the sky. So there was this plane drawing a smiley face and then it did it again and then it did it again. So that was really lovely because everyone looked up. It was a very sunny day. It was the last day of summer before we turned into this grey sort of springy weather. And I looked around and I just found who did this and his name is Richard Goodwin. It happened on Tuesday afternoon and he decided to draw those massive smiley faces over the sky in Bristol. He travelled from Cheltenham and he travelled south to Bristol. Uh, in the early evening to draw those faces, um, the last one was over the Clifton Suspension Bridge. And he said that he did it to put a smile on people's faces and to remind them that the light is at the end of the tunnel. And you know what? It worked really well. Everyone around me was like looking up, smiling. The children had sparkles in their eyes. It was really lovely. Fantastic idea. And thank you so much to Richard Goodwin for doing that for us all. So this next one, Melissa, I'm really excited about. It's a bottle of wine that you can 
order to be, I guess, delivered to your own door, but really it's to, to be delivered to a friend's door. And it gets delivered by a cycling, singing grapogram. Wow. She's called Claudia Collins and she also brings her ukulele. So she dresses up as a bunch of grapes. She cycles over a bottle of wine and she sings you a song. Isn't that amazing? I can't wait to see her. Where can we catch her? So you can Google her, but she's an artist. And she's also been responsible for turning parts of Knoll West into a beach. A beach. Some people really have an amazing imagination. So apparently in Knoll West, lots of the roads are named after coastal towns. So you've got Minehead Road and Paynton Square and Newquay Road. And she's decided to brighten up lockdown so she's been building sandcastles at the end of some of the roads and she's been leaving souvenirs that she picked up in Minehead or Minehead Street for people to spot as they go around their community and she says after the lockdown's ended she's going to have a beach party in Norwest. I think that's great. I'll go there definitely I live not so far so I'll go and see the sandcastles in Norwest. Now, what else do we have in the rest of the UK? So, I don't know about you, but I have been gardening a lot, but I've also been painting inside, painting um, some rooms. And I found out this week that 38% of the UK population, 38% has been doing DIY improvements during this lockdown period. Painting and wallpapering were cited as the most popular smaller projects. And some people have renovated rooms or even retiled their floors. And younger adults have led the way in this. So it's not the aged ones like me. 60% of 18 to 34 year olds have undertaken some kind of DIY project this spring. Isn't that amazing? Well, I have a huge imagination for people like you and them because I'm quite known as the, the woman with two left hands. We're going to live it there. <laughs> <laughs> and no disrespect to lefties, you know. <laughs> Another good news for me is that community radio stations are booming in the country. They are there to bring, uh, obviously, local people with valuable information, but also entertainment and a sense of togetherness, obviously, during this pandemic. Um, one example quoted in Positive News was Bromyard FM, a local station that began broadcasting in um, late March. Then there's also um, another station called Potter's Bar FM, set up by Chris Cook, a retired risk analyst and uncanny, right, in Hertfordshire. That was early April. And I'm just going to quote Dr. Amanda Crowes, a lecturer in psychology at James Cook University, who's researched the impact of radio on well-being, especially um, for the elderly. And she said community radio creates communities. Talk radio invites conversation so you feel connected and involved, even if you are apart. Well, as someone who produces the Monday Breakfast Show for Ujima, I'm glad to hear that because I think community radio is absolutely at the heart of communities. Totally. I completely agree. Well done. So, Melissa, do you fancy a personal video message from someone like Hugh Jackman or Ray Winston? Always. Well, the pair are part of a group of celebrities offering prizes as part of a big issue raffle. The magazine's raising money to support its vendors during the pandemic with less people on the streets to buy copies. The big issue offers homeless people a means to earn an income. So this is a great opportunity to 
get a personal video message from either or both Hugh Jackman and Ray Winston. I imagine Ray Winston would shout it. Anything supporting the initiatives for homeless people really warms my heart. Really always have a thought for them. But what do you have in the rest of the world, Bonnie? So Japan, take us right the way over to the other side of the world in Japan. A scenic salute happened there last Friday as the country's medical workers were honoured with a flyover in recognition of their work. Doctors and nurses watched the Blue Impulse acrobatic fly past as it's made its way over the Self-Defence Forces Central Hospital. And this came in the same week as the country lifted several of its coronavirus restrictions and new cases in Tokyo had remained below 40 for less than a fortnight. So they're doing well in Japan. Great. And you know what? They're doing well in the rest of Europe as well. So as the UK has now more cases than the rest of the EU, places like Germany are now easing their travel ban. Places like Paris are getting their cafe culture back, like the bars and restaurants have uh, been given permission to sprawl across pavement. So they put their table a metre apart. And in the rest of France, they can even eat indoors now if they distance the table. And in Spain, Germany, Czech Republic, Greece, they've opened a lot of open-air cinemas. We've mentioned some of them last time. And finally, in Italy, the Prime Minister, Giuseppe Conte, has uh, offered a very hopeful message. You know, Italy was one of the worst countries for this crisis a couple of months ago. But now they're easing all the lockdown restrictions. And he said, we deserve to smile, to be cheerful after weeks of great sacrifice. Yes, Italy did fare particularly badly, didn't it? And finally, a zoo in Siberia, which has closed its doors to visitors during lockdown, has seen a flurry of new baby births. The baby boomer Roye Rushi Zoo includes rare Egyptian goslings, baby llamas, reindeer calves and all the zoo staff obviously have been helping to make sure that the new arrivals are well cared for. I hope you have photos of that for me because I really want to see the, um, the reindeer calves and the Egyptian <laughs> babies and <laughs> I just love baby animals. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, we should. Yeah, I think we all do, don't we? OK, it's now time for our interview and this is yours. So who did you talk to this week? So this is a bit of a move compared to other interviews. I've wanted to talk to a coach and there's a person I really admire in Bristol. It's Josh Connelly. He's done a lot of work, especially he started as a counsellor for children of alcoholics with a great, great um, charity called NACOA. Um, realizing that, you know, when, when your parents have been struggling with addiction, then it kind of like reap you off your own childhood and you're more sensitive to become an addict yourself. And obviously with the lockdown and with this change of scenario for everyone being alone indoor, being with their family in difficult circumstances, he was one of the first to be really touched. So we're going to discuss how he's changed the way he's coaching with people and what sort of like tips he has for us to really connect with our real emotions and generally authentically express what we feel instead of just like suffer from anxiety and then as soon as you connect with someone try to hide it to just show a, a, a face so check him out he's got a youtube channel josh Connolly. is also on twitter facebook instagram like us and um pommy i think i'm going to share on youtube the longer version of our interview if that's okay related to the quarantine podcast uh, this is josh Connolly with good advice for mental health a lot of the organizations that i work with i've been delivering stuff online 
And I've certainly seen a lot of people that feel that they are kind of emotionally going through something quite major uh, as a result of what we're experiencing. And so what was your response? So now you have a YouTube channel, you have dif different channels actually to express and receive other people and share those ideas. So how did it come about to you? Was there a moment where everything shifted? The moment that it shifted for me is when one of the organizations, one of the companies that I work with said, can you start delivering what you were delivering in person? Can you deliver it online? And can you do it now? Like very quickly. So that's when I recognized that there was a need I guess to be able to do something and I've used the platform that I've kind of established over the last few years across all of my socials particularly I guess Instagram Twitter LinkedIn YouTube and Facebook as well so my first thought is that people are going to be consuming a lot of content and a lot of the content out there at the moment is you know driven by a sense of fear and a sense of worry and concern and stuff like that so I just wanted to try initially to hold for for the other side you know to try and find ways to put out content that's going to be more healthy for us as people. So how does it work for you? Do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching and how do you get people to understand that actually, you know, fear is only in your head and you should always focus on what you can control, what you can change, which is obviously mm. the main theme of our podcast as well. So how does it work? So currently at the moment, I'm probably delivering three or four webinars a week. And currently I'm delivering a webinar that has up to 100 people in there. It's interactive. It's built around the idea of emotional resilience. But when I talk about resilience, I'm talking about not this idea of just being able to keep showing up, but this idea of understanding our feelings, what they mean, where they come from, and then making sure that we're able to communicate that. So I have a framework that I teach within that webinar that is fully based around the idea of making sure that we connect with the things that we can control so that we can control those controllables, particularly in the ways that we feel. What have you come across the, the most, maybe personally, but also with your surrounding and the people you're working with? Is it the fear of the disease itself? Is it the insecurity, the lack of understanding, the loneliness, the loss of project, belongings, businesses? What is for you what you've seen the most? So I think most of the things that you've just said there are, are what people are actually vocalizing. So people are talking about a fear of COVID-19, but then a fear of job security and all of these different fears that come with it. However, what I actually believe is that there's something a little bit deeper going on. And what I believe that is, a lot of us spend our lives, generally speaking, finding ways to avoid our difficult emotions, whatever that is, but we find ways to get busy so that we never have to sit too still and experience some of the emotions that we push down and bury. So I think what's happened in the lockdown period is we were forced in, we were forced to stay at home. And a lot of those mechanisms that we used as a way of escaping our emotions were taken away from us. And actually, I think what's happening for a lot of people is old emotions are bubbling up to the surface and we don't have a way to escape them. So I actually think that's more of what's going on, but I don't think many people understand that that's what's going on. Actually, a lot of experts have uh, been vocal about the fact that COVID-19 is soon going to turn into a mental health crisis. 
A lot of coach responds by uh, telling you to be extremely positive. It's just another way to refuse to connect with what you really feel. What sort of advice can you give to people who have never been through what you've been through? How would you start? So I would start by saying that all emotions should be welcome. So the idea, like you said, that a lot of particularly coaches push is this finding ways to, to be positive, right? I think that's problematic if it's at the expense of how we truly feel, right? There's actually a term, a spiritual bypass, you may, may or not have heard of it, kind of entwined in toxic positivity, this like over-reliance on pretending that our true feeling doesn't exist and masking it with some kind of positivity. Anytime we mask our true emotion, we buy ourselves short-term gain at the price of long-term pain, right? And what we really want to do is be able to welcome all of our emotions, know that they're all valid, and try and remove the judgment. Our emotions are not accidents. They're there for a reason. And I think the big mistake that we make is the belief that good emotional health is the ability to feel good all of the time. Good emotion mental health is the ability to feel my range of emotions and know that that's okay and so whatever you're feeling is valid so start at that place and then become curious about it rather than jumping straight to questioning what the fix is ask why why am i feeling like this what does this mean the first thing we can do is pass on the message so thank you thank you very much definitely thank you That was Josh Connolly, a coach based here in Bristol. Check him out and he's got a lot of opportunity to to help out if you need. Thank you, Josh, for being with us. And he's part of NACOA. We mentioned NACOA. NACOA is the National Association for Children of Alcoholic Parents, NACOA. If you Google it, you can find out more information. And it's nearly time to finish now. But before we go... Yes, we've got beatboxing this week. Wow. Beatboxing from Bristol-based Jack Salt. And hopefully we can get an interview with him for next week. As if it were the first time Hear me when I say My darling I love you for all of time that's it for the quarantini this week we'll be back next week with a new cocktail of ideas and positive news for you all In the meantime, you know what we'd really love is to hear from you. So get hold of us by emailing us at thequarantinipodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. This podcast was hosted by me, Melissa Shemam. And was hosted and produced by me, Pomi Harmer. Thanks for listening. And stay safe. Stay safe.